Well, hello, everybody. My name is Tyler Blanks, and I wanted to welcome you to Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. And I am joined with our co-host, my good buddy, Mark Crawford. (laughs) And uh, we're just excited that you have joined us. We're excited you're coming on this journey with us of Pursuing the Kingdom. Uh, Real quick, you can follow us on Facebook at Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. Um, So we'll dive into the episode. It has been a while, but we're glad to be back with another episode. Really exciting. And uh, previously, in a lot of our episodes that we have been doing, we've been talking about awakening. And I shared my story of being awakened to the Holy Spirit. Mark shared his. We had a couple guests on, um, Luke Billings, uh, Dewey Drollinger, a couple of our good friends. Uh, But today we're actually going to somewhat stay on that course about awakening, but it's going to shift not from any one specific person, but actually a regional awakening. And so it's just going to be Mark and I today, but Mark actually just uh, technically finished seminary. So everyone, yay, we love that. Um, But part of his trip is he just got back from Cuba on a mission trip. And um, Mark is going to kind of talk about, honestly, the revival as he saw and put it um, that is happening down there and the awakening to the Holy Spirit that is going on in Cuba. So you're not going to miss it. Make sure you listen all the way through. Um, But this is going to be exciting. So uh, Mark. Yeah. I say just, you know, run with it. Like how you got to Cuba. I know you said it. Well, and I just said, but it's a, uh, it was a part of, it was like the last part of your seminary class. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my seminary, uh, United Theological Seminary, um, before you can graduate requires that you go through what they call, what is it? Intercultural immersion trip. And so we had options. We could go to like the Holy land. We could go to South Africa or we could go to Cuba. And, um, my professor has been leading this trip to Cuba since 2015, he said. And, um, you know, I, I speak Spanish. I I love uh, Latin America. And so I, it was no doubt in my mind that I was going there and, um, I kind of waited it out because for during the COVID years, you couldn't go to Cuba. And so they weren't doing any trips. And so I waited it out, hoping 2023 would be the year. And, um, so yeah, so I went there, um, first couple of weeks of January and it was just really, really incredible. Um, Cuba is just a very interesting place. Um, it, it's, you know, you live in the United States and you know that Cuba is only 90 miles away, you know, um, from Florida. And yet it's such a drastically different place than anything you experience in the United States. Um, and in among all of the things that are happening in Cuba, you know, there's a lot of poverty, a lot of struggle, a lot of um, just hardship and hard living in Cuba. But in the midst of that, God is really showing up and moving in power in his churches right now. And, um, you know, people are, are struggling to find hope in a lot of places in Cuba. Um, just with all of the struggle with, um, all of the, everything they're facing and, 
yeah, with all of that happening, God is just kind of moving in crazy ways. And so um, they are in the midst of, I think the right word is a full-blown revival right now. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And so you went down for 10 days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days. That's awesome. Um, and so kind of, so what did you like do going down there? Like as an American being down there? Sure. Um, yeah. So we went down there and it wasn't your kind of typical mission trip. You know, we, we think of mission trips, international trips as going to like Mexico and building a house or going to Africa and building a church or something like that. We didn't do anything like that. Our entire trip was spent visiting churches. Um, we we had one church, um, one Methodist church that we served kind of as our hub, our our home base. Um, that's right in the heart of Havana. Um, and the the pastor and his wife, who've been there for over a decade now, have just uh, done some crazy things there in the spirit. And um, and so they've got all of these connections throughout Havana, all these. Uh, churches that are just exploding right now. And so we went to those churches and, and visited with the pastors and, um, and took up offerings for them and gave, gave offerings to the pastors. Um, and then we were also, you know, helping, helping support the events of the church that we were visiting. Um, so, uh, this, this church in, in central Havana, anytime we'd go and, uh, they'd have an event happening, we would go and join it. Uh, they had like fasting services and youth worship services and um, like a children's revival party is what they called it, um, where they like literally just blocked off the streets and put up some ropes and laid down some cardboard and the kids came and sat and they got food and worshiped and danced and just had a good time and heard the word and um, were praying together. And um, so we were there kind of helping behind the scenes, putting all the food boxes together and then helping organize the kids and giving them gifts and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, it, it was not, you know, what you expect when you say you're going on an international mission trip, but it was truthfully, in my opinion, more rewarding than most mission trips I've been on mm. Be- because we got to spend so much time immersed in the culture and immersed with the people and, and, and just seeing all the, you know, wild things that God is doing, mm. showing up and, and doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of what we were doing. That's awesome. Um, so going down there, did, did you have like a specific role that you were going to like play on the mission trip or that your like specific group did? Or was it mostly just like what you explained that you did or? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was mostly just kind of what I explained. Um, you know, the, the church is like thriving in Cuba right now and people are like flooding the doors of every church. Um, but the thing they don't have is resources. And so we went down there and, uh, the average pastor in Cuba makes $15 a month. Um, and they're, they're living on, on scraps. Dang. And, um, so what we did was we would just take up an offering for each pastor and, and give them a hundred dollars to, mm-hmm. to their family. And that in F in effect, doubled their salary for seven months. Nice. 
Um, you know, so they all of a sudden had extra money to buy food or to buy clothes or whatever they need. Yeah. Um, which, you know, in, in our, in our mind in America, when someone says, Oh, can you give me $5 to help pay for this thing? $5 is nothing. Right. But our group of like 20 people would pull together each $5, $10, whatever, and give this family a hundred. And they would like break down crying because it was, um, it was just remarkable, you know, like they hadn't to, to have that much money at once was incredible to them. And so our, our role on this trip was not so much to be like, you know, the like person who comes in to save everything or whatever. Our role was just to be Jesus to people, right. To just, um, to just be present among God's people and to help in whatever way we could, Mm. In, in joining in what God was already doing in Cuba mm. and sewing into that. That's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah I love that. That like, ah, that's so the kingdom. Cause I think a lot of times, sometimes we might go on mission trips and uh, <laughs> um, I, I was talking like with my girlfriend about this uh and she had done a lot of mission work in Haiti and then talking with the people down there. Um, a lot of those people actually said that, that, you know, they'll like, they'll take the mission groups from America. Cause right. like whatever, like, but they really don't like help. And, and, with anything. And in a lot of ways, like the mission trip is almost like a feel good for the people going on it, not like the people receiving. And it's like, well, we did this. Yay. Like good for us. And, um, and and I feel like just sometimes people can be seen as projects of, Mm. um, Oh, we're going to the mission trip. We're going to do this and this and this. And uh, so I love, cause to me, that's just the kingdom. Like you guys were like, we're going to go bless the pastors and pay their, like they actually need money. Like, right. They don't need a, a church building that is built and have a plaque with our group name outside of it. Like they need right. money to live. And it's so cool that you guys um, did that and brought the kingdom. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things that I didn't really realize what we were doing in the moment, but like reflecting back on it now and just like, you know, seeing, seeing the way in which people reacted to that, just like receiving any sort of support and knowing that there's people watching out for them. Right. And people praying for them and people hoping for the best for them. um, I think was in many ways overwhelming for some of them. Um, because you know, they, in Cuba, if you're a pastor, you are committing your entire life to serving the kingdom of God. Wow. And, and you are like sacrificing everything that you have for the kingdom of God. And in some ways it's, um, you know, it's a dangerous gig, um, and for a multitude of reasons, but yet God blesses those who step into that role because it is by their faith in him that they're willing to surrender and take on a job that just like, you know, no one in their right mind would take on. 
Yeah, that that's and it's just so interesting. Like, I, it, everything is just so different than in America. <laughs> and yeah. Like, um, it's wild to think that like that could even be considered a job. Like, you're getting paid fifteen dollars a month. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's like, man, that's like basically a hobby. And but but it's like. I love how they see the eternal value um, of that and they go all in for it. Like you said, like over there, it's all or nothing. And so I love other Jeanette. Um, So kind of getting into it, uh, you had said early on and, and then we had talked earlier in the week that there's kind of a revival going on in Cuba. Um, And I think it's pretty fair to say that it, probably might look a little different than what the American church might think revival is. And I feel like a lot of people have this idea that revival looks like more butts and seats in the church. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people are praying for Lord send revival and they want more people in their door. And that's just, that's not what it's about. Yeah. And, and the American church becomes so consumeristic. However, I think if I remember you saying there are a lot of butts and seeds in the churches over there, yeah. but it's in a different context. So uh, what did you see in that respect? What revival looks like over there? Yeah. So um, I, I think the best way to describe revival there is to describe it by its definition is that it's an uncontrolled move of the spirit taking place. You know, people, um, people in Cuba have been praying and begging for God to just pour out for, for decades have been praying for this. And this, this revival that's happening has been going on for like 20 years. It's not like a new thing that just started happening. Um, And what's been happening is that as these people are praying for God to pour out, um, people who who do not have faith in God are realizing that the only hope they have is at the church. You know, the the churches are the ones who are doing everything they can to feed people and take care of people and minister to their communities and do everything they can to just love people the way Jesus loved them. And so people are responding to that by flocking the churches. Um, and, and God is showing up and just moving in power. I mean, um, you know, where, where the spirit breaks out, you know, wild things happen, things that are things that most churches in the United States don't expect to happen. Um, and so people are just like flooding the doors of the church, Mm. the, this church that we were, you know, partnering with the Mm. most, um, is one of the larger churches in Havana probably. And when they, when the pastors that are currently there got there, there were around 80 people in the church and now there's over 900 and that's in over a decade. Come on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there are churches that are like meeting in buildings, the size of your garage and putting 75 to a hundred people in it. <laughs> Come on. And like that. there, I mean, we went to it, we visited one where, I mean, it, it was no bigger than like a master bedroom. Wow. Maybe, maybe a little bit bigger. Mm. And they said that they were worshiping 75, like, and doing multiple services of 75 in there. And it's just like, yeah, people, people are just running to Christ and, and desiring to know him and to be set free from 
all of the pain of today and experience the joy of, of the eternal kingdom. And, and yeah, Holy Spirit's just like, I mean, you walk into these churches and, you know, we always, so many churches pray like, Lord, make my church a dwelling place. Right. Yeah. You walk into some of those churches, all of them really. And it doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday at, at 1130 in the morning. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday, a Friday, whatever you walk into those spaces and you feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit wow. dwelling in that place. I mean, I mean, like every place we walked into, you know, a lot of times when I feel the spirit, it's, I get chills all the way up my neck, right? My back and my neck. And yes. every building that we walked into that was associated with the church, I felt that mm. God was there. Mm. Come yeah. on. I love that. I, it's, I feel like a lot of times in the American culture, <clears throat> we get this idea almost that revival, what we think it is, is going to come off of our marketing techniques and our programs that we can offer. We have four services that you can choose to come to. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have an excuse to miss it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we have this and this and this and like, from what it sounds like, from what you're saying, and I truly believe this, like even before we talked this, I, I feel like a mark of revival, like God blesses and pours out on desperation. Like when he has you in a spot that you have no choice but to say, all right, Lord, it's like you, you show up or like I'm done for. And, right. and like desperation, God's like, good that's that's where i wanted you yeah forget your programs forget your four services forget all this stuff forget the stage yeah <laughs> yeah and and that's just like that's it you know everyone in cuba is like that they just they know that they need the lord to show up or else <laughs> what you know there's there's no hope you know, where do you find hope yeah. except in the Lord? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let it be so here in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like another interesting piece that um, honestly, I feel like is noticeable in like every country except for America. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like I'm bashing America, but I, I just believe right. that that certain places have things that we can learn from. And um, have like a pursuit of God that almost I feel like we lack over here. But it seems like the spirit realm is so real out there. And I think of places like Africa um, or like Haiti or a lot of these places. And yeah. I, I feel like you said even Mexico and like I know your wife is Hispanic and, and you were telling me about um her church down in Mexico and how that was like it was just natural to say and then I feel like here we have to almost teach people oh no this is a thing like it's a very like church isn't just a Sunday check off like there's a very real spirit realm and um so what was that like stepping and like obviously you're a pastor filled with the spirit right and and like it's almost normal for you, but what was it like stepping into an area where it was normal for everyone? Yeah. You know, the, you know, John Wimber always used to talk about how, 
we need to make the super, we need to be naturally supernatural, right? That was his phrase. Um, we need to make it such a real reality for everyone that it's just natural that we think in supernatural terms. And that is what it is in Cuba. Um, the, there is without a doubt an acknowledgement among all people that there is some sort of supernatural effect on the world. Um, even people who claim to be atheist acknowledge that there is some sort of supernatural realm in Cuba. And, um, you know, we, what, what's so noticeable there that I think it stays more hidden here, um, is that, yeah, the churches are supernatural. Yeah. They're with God. They, they have the spirit, but there's also the dark side of it too. Right. And it, in the United States and in the Western world, the dark supernatural stuff tries to be subtle and tries to make it in such a way that um, it can stay hidden and immerse people in it without even really like people realizing what they're getting themselves into. Right. But there it's like, it's just out in the open. Um, you know, the, I mean, you'll, you'll walk around certain parts of Havana and there'll be people, there'll be witches just out like doing readings and uh, trying to draw people in. And it's like, you pay them and they'll give you a reading and Thank they'll um, it's like well known that there are areas where there are sacrifices that happen. And then, and yet, and that seems scary if you're, you know, if you are not in a, spirit-filled church context and you're walking into something like that that would seem scary right but but for people in naturally supernatural places you look at that and go eh, yeah that happens but god is better and holy spirit is breaking those things off and changing things mm. and um yeah so i it, it's such a natural thing there to be supernatural and have a supernatural outlook on life and to uh understand the workings of the spirit realm and and what's interesting is that like in cuban worship cuban worship's loud mm, let me say good that. praise the um, lord i mean like it feels like you're in a music festival like the speakers are just blowing you out. I mean, like my professor said, oh yeah, when you go bring earplugs, maybe if you're sensitive to sound, cause it gets loud. I, I didn't yeah. care. I didn't care. <laughs> You've been to some music festivals. It's all I've good. been to enough concerts that it is whatever. <laughs> but um, because it's so loud and because the worship is so charismatic and spirit filled, when people who have engaged in the dark side of the supernatural works, when they have engaged in demonic problem, demonic entities and done witchcraft and stuff like that, or been associated with someone who does witchcraft in some cases, um, you know, those, the demons hate nothing more than being in the presence of God and, and being in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, like think about when, when Jesus was, um, he was out in walking around and, um, he encountered that demonized man who had been living in tombs 
um, on the other side of Lake Galilee. And he came to this man and the demon manifested and said, what do you want with me, Jesus? What do you want with me, son of man? Yeah. Right. And so in that place where Holy Spirit is tangibly present, mm-hmm. demons manifest. Yeah. And like in the middle of the worship space, you'll see people like writhing in pain and, and manifesting and screaming. Wow. And um, um, of course, they then if the person wants freedom from that, they minister deliverance to that person they mm-hmm. they of course escort them out of the worship place so as not to uh embarrass them sure. because when you are you know demonized and the demon manifests it tries it's the last thing that it tries to do is embarrass you mm-hmm. yeah that's the last final thing that satan tries to do and so oh. um but that's a normal thing there Right. Like if someone came to my church in Gilman and manifested a demon in the middle of worship, I don't know what I don't know how people would react. Right. Yeah. But there it's like, you know, a woman started manifesting. The ushers ran, hoisted her up by her legs and her arms, carried her off into another room. And three people went and did deliverance ministry on her. Nice. Nice. And it, yeah. Like and, you know, on the Sunday morning worship service that we were there for, like four or five different people got carried out to get deliverance. Mm. And that's just a normal Sunday. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, I noticed is you, you said that like the, the, like the power, it, well, like the spirit of God is so like tangible and yeah. I just can't help but think like the glory and the spirit of God, it, it stirs things up. And when it has a clash with darkness, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna stir it up. So it, it's just nuts that like people come in there and just from being in there and encountering the spirit, it boom, makes them yeah. um, start manifesting, but praise the Lord that, yeah. that people are on hand, ready to do Holy spirit ministry to partner with the Holy spirit to see deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, it's crazy. We were, we did this children's revival party and and we didn't have anyone manifested that. Thank God. But what was interesting is that there was this child who came, he was from the neighborhood. He was from a long family of practicing witches and like his grandma was there. And, and the way you can tell there that someone is practicing uh, what's referred to in Cuba as Santeria mm. is that they're dressed in all white and they have lots of colorful beads and the women wear colorful wraps on their heads. Interesting. And so this woman showed up and it was a grandmother, mother and grandson. Mm. And they were all dressed in all white, all had the beads. The women had the head wraps. The kid had a white hat on mm. and, and he comes and, you know, they feed him like they would any other child because they love him with the love of Jesus Christ. Come on. And then, like they were like, okay, we're going to sing some songs. And this kid was dancing around singing these songs about Jesus. Wow. And then they were like, all right, and we're going to, we're going to pray right now. We're going to lead you in a time of prayer. And this kid got on his knees, folded his hands and started praying to Jesus. Mm. And it was just like such a profound experience to see like, man, even like these kids who have been forced into these dark sides of the spirit realm, by the association of being born into a family are experiencing somehow the power of God and being brought into the light. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know what happened with that kid after that. I don't know if he went home and, you know, they did some ritual or whatever to break that off or whatever. But in that moment, at least he felt the love of God poured out into him and he prayed. 
and that's that's remarkable to me Mm, yeah that's incredible yeah so i feel like we're kind of shifting towards this way but um i feel like there was a lot of testimonies that happened some really cool ones so um do you have any you want to share that you can share i know some things you're trying to keep a yeah yeah so i mean so we had a lot of really cool things happen um you know, we, my professor who leads the trip has a gift of word of knowledge where he feels pain. Right. And, you know, for, for those of you in the charismatic stream, you've probably seen Randy Clark minister in this way um, because he's really well known for this. He will, he will get a pain somewhere and he'll say, Hey, does someone in this room have this sort of pain? And if the person responds and says, yeah, I do they'll come forward. And he prayed for them. So this one time he, he had a word of knowledge that someone had pain behind their eyes. Right. And this was at like a youth service. And so he called the, he asked that question and this girl raised her hand and said, yeah, I've had pain for like the last two days. It's hard for me to see. I can't really see clearly Mm. all this stuff. And he was like, okay, well let's pray. And he laid hands on her and prayed for the pain to go. And he, he did the, you know, the, the prayer model that the vineyard uses of like, okay, where's the pain level at now? Yeah. And he was, she was like, well, it was a 10. Now it's like a seven. And he's like, all right, well, let's keep praying. And he prayed again and asked her like, you know, what's it at now? And, and, and she was like, Oh, you know, it's a three. And he was like, all right, one more time. Mm-hmm. And he said, Lord, like what you started, you'll finish in Jesus name, all pain leave. Um, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she like afterward, like snaps her head up goes there's no pain and i can see completely fine now. Mm. and wow. it was like you know that's just a normal thing there right? <laughs> healing is a normal thing we we went to a church and um for their saturday morning service and the there was this guy there who was suffering from i think dementia maybe mm. and me and and two other people went into this room where he was laying down because he can't stand to stand in worship for more than 20 minutes and worship in Cuba goes for like three hours, right? Two to three hours. That's their scheduled amount Good. of time. <laughs> when Holy spirit shows up, it can go four or five, six. I mean, ah. we worship from nine to four thirty. That's Sunday awesome. Morning. Come on. So we, so we're at this church on Saturday and, and uh, this guy has, dementia and we just kind of ask like hey can we pray for him like pray for healing for him and his daughter's like yeah go ahead come on in and so we did and we asked her like you know how long can he stand being up in worship and she said usually only about 20 minutes and then he has to lay down and then he's out for pretty much the rest of the service and so we prayed like lord just release his pain now so that he could come and enjoy this time with you um and within 20 minutes he was standing up again and went and sat for the rest of the worship service and was there for like two hours. And his daughter was like crying, like this is the first time he's done this where he's been able to be in worship for the whole thing in like three years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, you're so good. Like, yeah. You're so, so incredible. Um, yeah. And I mean, there were, I, there were a lot of others um, like that where, where God just, God just shows up in such wonderful ways. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, you, you can't help, but look at the things that he does 
in that place and just delight in his presence and in his love and in his grace that he has for each and every person. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, like, I think about these stories now and I like, I'm like moved to tears almost thinking Mm. about it because it was just so powerful. Mm. (laughs) And I wish that every, I wish that every, every Christian could in the United States could see that sort of thing. Mm. Right. Because like, I, I so deeply long, so deeply long for the church to be reawakened to the power of the spirit. Amen. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And it's true. It's like, man, it's sad. I it almost thought we've settled for just what we're comfortable with and being like, well, I, I'm comfortable with this aspect of Jesus. He's like, well, like he comes with this whole like kingdom of heaven behind him when he shows right. up on the room and shows up on the scene. Right. Um, and I agree. I, I would love and I long for the kingdom of heaven to show up and move in mighty ways like that. Yeah. Um, so what is something that, or maybe not something, but what are some things that you saw over there and, and maybe you thought, man, they're, they're doing this so well. And I want to, you know, you're a pastor and just be like, I want to bring this back and maybe try to implement it or, you know, to the best as you can just be like, I love that they do this. I, I want to try and do something similar to it. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could say everything. Um, yeah, I know. Right. More so. Uh, what are you going, what are you going to do about the trip? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, Yeah, there, there's a lot. Um, I think one thing that I would love to just see take place here, and it's happening in pockets, right, is to not move beyond an ecclesial structure. But, you know, in my own context, in the United Methodist Church, we are so bound by the by the structure of, okay, you're the pastor, but then there's um, your district superintendent and the board of ordained ministry and the bishop and the cabinet and all this stuff. And you have to respond to all of that. And in Cuba, there is that. However, I feel like there's more freedom to uh, move outside of that structure, if that makes sense. So like in for Havana, for this church that we visited in Havana, they train people up in their church and they call them missionaries. And the reason they call them missionaries is because they are sending them out to go plant missions, which are churches that don't have a church building. Mm. And they're um, equipping them to preach, to teach the scripture, to minister in the gifts of the spirit, to um, how to lead worship, all these things. Right. Right. They're equipping their people for this. And then they're sending them out and saying, okay, now go and plant a church. Now go and gather people to you and you will be under our banner of our church, but you will Mm. be our church in this place. Mm. Um, And and I see some similarities uh, to that 
in some of the like contextual church stuff that's taking place, like in fresh expressions and in um, like the emerging church. And there's, there's some problems with that, with those movements that I have. I, I, I think they're doing good work, but, but I think just being able to, to, to move outside the structure of the, ecclesial body that we're in and to to reclaim what john wesley always used to say he used to say that he thinks upon the whole world as his parish and so his goal was to minister and be christ to everyone wherever he found himself and i think that's i think that's one thing that i would love to see be reclaimed here is how can we send out our people to reproduce the work that we are already seeing happen in one place. Um, I think another thing I'd like to bring back is just the, the deep commitment to prayer Mm. that I saw there. I mean, you know, we, we have like in the U S we have 24 seven prayer movements, right? We have IHOP, we have 24 seven prayer international, we have upper room. Um, but I mean, like, the, the reason why the church in the U.S. doesn't have the power of God moving in the way it does is because we don't ask for it, because mm-hmm. we're not praying for it. Yeah. The pastors that we met were like, oh, yeah, I barely sleep at night because I pray four hours in the middle of the night. <laughs> and awesome. that, that has a direct correlation to the fact that the spirit is moving in their church, right? And that has a direct correlation to the fact that when that pastor lays hands on people, they fall out in the spirit. And that has a direct correlation to why he has this gift that I have never seen before, where he will gather 30 or 40 people to him and say, I, God wants to give this anointing. He wants to give his power, come and receive. And they will come and grab his arm And then all 40 of them will fall out in the spirit. And if you're sitting in the front rows, you're bound to catch them. Right. (laughs) Like because they pray and pray so fervently that God would be present and pray that God would move and pray that God would show up anytime that two or three gather in his name, which is biblical. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're praying those things, God shows up. And, and God places fire in them and he pours out in them. Yeah. And I just want to like, I want to bring that home, that fire of Cuba, that fire for revival, that fire for the Lord to, mm-hmm. to, to be a, a, to be a lit fire on the altar all the days of my life. Yeah. And I want to share that with others that the more that like, if you are seeking God, he will make himself known to you. There's a song yeah. that we sang in Cuba that in Spanish, the lyrics were, um, it was, si le llamas, el se manifestará. Si le buscas, el se manifestará. If you call on him, he will manifest. If you <laughs> look for him, he will be there. Wow. Uh, if you worship him, he will manifest his presence with you. Mm. And that's not just some feel good thing. Like, Oh yeah, God, I'm looking for you. And hopefully you'll be near. It's like, no, if you call on the call upon the name of the Lord and he will show up. Yes. And he will move in power and do signs and wonders. And you will be sent out into all the world to, as Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. You will be sent out to those places to go and replicate the work that you have done in another place mm, or that you have seen God do in another place. And yeah, I, I just, I want to bring that home. <laughs> That's so good. That's yeah. so good. 
yeah, I, I think of like the ecclesia as you were saying, and, and it's like the ecclesia was meant to be the governing body of Christ, like to yeah. to almost pull down the things of heaven and release them into the earth. And yes, instead we've just become gatherers and. <laughs> And I don't know. It, it's just an interesting. I, I feel like, and man, I, I love the church, love the church yes. to death. I'm part of one. Yeah. I'm technically now on staff at one again. And, <laughs> um, um, but I just feel like, and again, I'm not trying to bash you, Mary, but I feel like sometimes we just miss out on so much because we, we've, and, and it's easy because in America, we think we have it all like yeah. sure we have like i'm i'm a uh part-time pastor not not even part-time i'm like 10 hours a week yeah and i mean i make like maybe 10 times a month what is making over there a pastor make over there and like and then we have like the jobs and then all this stuff and i think it's easy to think i have it all so where does god fit into that other than i was raised in this faith or i'm i'm you know someone told me about him i should go and it's like he's so much greater he's so much better than all of that and he I believe if he could catch us at a point of desperation and that might look different for like other people, like you, you could be desperate and still have it all by the word, the world yeah. sense, like have the job, but you could still be at this point where we humble ourselves and say, but I don't know it all. And I don't have it all if I don't have him. And um, just saying like, Lord, I have to see your face today. Mm-hmm. And um man, I have the same burning desire you do. And that's why I love, that's why I feel like, you know, it's so fun doing stuff together because we have the same heartbeat for all of that. But yeah, it's just like, man, God, God wants to move in such a big way that Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to see. Yeah. 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 And like one of the, you know, I don't want to share a million stories with this, but one of the ways that you like, in Cuba and, and throughout the global South, this is true. You know, we, what we're talking about right now is in the global South, in Latin America, Africa, Asia, pretty much everywhere. That's not Europe, the United States and Canada. Um, they're, they're so deeply reliant on God and God stitches so many little things together to reveal his love to his people. Right. And so like, I, while we were in Cuba, I had an opportunity to preach and just this crazy thing happened. You know, this, uh, this pastor who we, who was kind of our, uh, the one leading us and leading the whole trip and was our host. Um, he, he, uh, was going to have someone else preach at this church, but this person had just flown in the day before and she was exhausted and she wasn't feeling like preaching that night. Um, because she was also the one doing all the deliverances, which takes a lot out of you if you've never experienced that. And so she told him like, Hey, you know, I don't want to preach. And so he came like, he, he was like, okay, who am I going to have preach? And 
I, I was with him. And so he said, you want to preach? And hmm. I said, when? Yeah, sure. When? And he says, oh, like tonight hmm. at eight o'clock at the church we're going to. And I was like, dude, it's four. <laughs> you want me to write a sermon in four hours, like in two hours, really? Because we need to leave. <laughs> yeah. It's like an hour drive to get to where we're going, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you preach. And I was like, okay, cool. Sure. I'll do uh, yeah, I do want you to write a sermon. <laughs> and, and so I prayed, I prayed to the Lord and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? And like immediately acts one popped into my mind and mm. like the, the promise of the spirit where Jesus says like, you know, you will receive power and the Holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses throughout the ends of the earth. And, um, so I write my sermon, write it in 15 minutes, mm. never done that before in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I get there, we get to the church and I'm feeling good. I, I'm prayed up about it. And like, I'm anxious because I, you know, I've never preached in front of more than 75, 80 people. Mm-hmm. There were 140 people in this, in this church that was like, the I don't know, like the size of like an open floor plan, living room and kitchen. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm waiting and the pastor introduces me and he says, you know, I was supposed to have this person preach and I decided I didn't want to do that. And so I, I asked the Lord, who's supposed to preach tonight? And he said, and, and right in that moment, this pastor appeared in front of me and I noticed this pastor has tattoos. Well, the pastor of the church that I was preaching in used to be a tattoo artist. And so he was like, okay, so I'm going to ask this pastor to do it. So he asked me, will you preach? And I agree. Yeah. And then he introduces me and I come up and, um, I preach and I preach this message on needing to be like our, our only concern in life is to be filled with the power of the spirit. We don't need anything else. We don't need to know God's timing. We don't need to know anything. We just need this power of the spirit. And then I pray for the church members and I pray that like from the top of their head to the bottom of their toes, that they would feel the spirit wash over them and be filled once more. Mm-hmm. So great. I finish, I do all that. And then the pastor of the church stands up and he, he's, I, I just sat back down and he goes, I want to share something with you, with you all, with, with this pastor who just preached and with, with all of my church. And he goes, you know, our prophetic word for this year for our church was that this is a year of Jubilee that the God, that God is going to forgive deaths, that he's going to Mm. do new things and pour out his spirit in new ways. Mm. And I was like, awesome. Love that. And then he goes, (laughs) you know, on Sunday mornings when I'm preaching, I always put my phone on airplane mode so that I don't get messages because I keep my phone on the pulpit to make sure that I'm not preaching for way too long. Makes sense. Obviously. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so after service this morning, I went into my house, which by the way, it, in Cuba, the church and the house, the parsonage are connected. Mm-hmm. So like you live in your church, literally. And he goes, um, you know, I, I, I went into my house. I sat down on my couch. I turned airplane mode off and I got this message from this prophet in Africa who I have never met. He's never heard of me. I've never heard of him. And he sent me this message and said, Hey, I was in the spirit this morning. I was praying and I felt the Lord tell me that I needed to share a word with so-and-so pastor in this church in Havana, Cuba. So here's the word I want to give you. First, I feel the Lord saying that this is a year of Jubilee for your church. (laughs) 
Nice. And it's a year of Jubilee for your family. Nice. God is going to do all these amazing things in this family This for this pastor in Cuba. He's going to do all these wonderful and miraculous and amazing things. And then the prophet ends the message with saying, and this is what the Lord says. All you need to do to receive this word is to be filled with the spirit. Wow. And I had just finished preaching a message and prayed for them to be filled with the spirit. And the pastor said, when you prayed and said from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes, fill me with the spirit. I felt it wash completely over me. And I felt my whole self be filled with the spirit. And so like it, like, and so what I'm getting at here is God pieces all these little things together to Mm -hmm. reveal his timing, his purpose, his love to people. And this happens regardless. Mm -hmm. God used a prophet in Africa and a pastor in the United States to speak a prophetic word and confirmation to a pastor in Havana, Cuba. Yes. I, you can't tell me that that's not God. So you can't good. tell me that the Holy spirit didn't coordinate all of that together to make that happen. Mm. And, and it's, Man. that's just normal. Like there, yes. the, the prophetic is normal there. Mm. Like if you Mm -hmm. go to Cuba and you, if you go to a church in Cuba and you spend enough time there and you don't get a single prophetic word your entire time there, you were in the wrong church, (laughs) the only wrong church. Yeah. Or or maybe actually didn't show up at a church. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 God just, God blew my mind in Cuba. Man, come on. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I love that. Um, what are ways real quick, like, I guess last question, what are ways that, um, as believers here in America can bless and pray for our brothers and sisters there? Cause people listening doesn't matter where they are in the world. They are your spiritual family, brothers and yeah. sisters. So yeah. What are ways that you noticed being over there that we can, uh, bless and pray for them? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing you can pray for is that God would just continue to raise up people to go into the mission field there. Just continue to um, raise up people to step into the harvest that's taking place in Cuba because, I mean, the, their work, pastors there are working tirelessly um, to, to make sure that every person that they meet has an opportunity to experience God. Um, so pray for people to be raised up and just pray for, um, that fire that God has lit to continue to expand and burn even brighter. Um, you know, like I said, churches are being flooded with people. They don't have enough space. Um, and just pray that, yeah, that, that God would just continue to burn that fire even greater so that more and more people would experience it. And I think finally, you know, if, if someone is hearing this and um, wants to do something about it, I would just say, pray for God to open a door for you or for your church to um, build a connection with a church in Cuba. Um, you know, the one thing that Western churches have is resources we, we have money and, and it's not easy to Mm -hmm. get money to Cuba, especially if you're from the U S but it can be done. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, just pray that God would, um, just open a door for you to partner with mm. what he's already doing in Cuba. Um, whatever that looks like. Um, yeah, I think those are the biggest things. Amen. Well, I really feel in my spirit, almost like a word for like this podcast and just honestly, everyone listening is to not grow satisfied with where we're at not grow satisfied with where we're at. It's like, man, I, like I, I would say I've had times of ministry where I've seen amazing moves of the spirit. Right. And then like, and I would say you have too, and probably a lot of yeah. people and I'm, we've seen great things happen, but like right. I hear those stories and I'm encouraged and be like, we haven't experienced anything yet. Like until that becomes an everyday thing, like an everyday every week service is like, boom, boom, pour out, pour out. Yeah. Like he's pouring out, he's pouring out. He's doing his thing. Um, I don't know. So I just want to encourage people because I feel stirred up and just encourage people to not be complacent and satisfied with where they're at and that we haven't yes. tapped into anything yet. Yeah. Well, we have, but we've only touched the surface. Like we we need to keep drilling and going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper because yeah. there's so much more of God to experience. And I would hate for us to miss out on the kingdom on earth as in heaven, like Jesus prayed Amen. because we were simply complacent. Amen. And I would just, I would add to that, that one of the hardest things in the U S and in the Western church is even getting that started of like seeing a move of the spirit because so many churches are so complacent. But if you are in a church, that's like that. If you're in a church that um, you feel like it's just quenching the spirit, don't let that stop you from praying that for your own personal life pray that God would just show up and move in you and, and move in power in you and that you would be the open door for others to experience the fullness of what he has to offer to your church, to your community, to your, your corner of the world. Amen. Amen to that. Um, well, I feel that you should just, pray over and bless those listening. Cause I, I can yeah. tell there's a fire. I can tell there's something just burning inside of you. And so I say, let's, let's do it. Yeah. 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 Let's pray. <sighs> well, father, I just thank you for, um, Lord, for all the ways that you are showing up in your world and, and just moving in power. God, I thank you that, um, that you are moving in, in Cuba, in yes, Africa, Lord. in yes, Latin Lord. America, in Asia, in China, in, in Iran, in places where people would least expect it. God, I thank you that you are moving in power. Yes. Lord. And father, I just pray for, for everyone listening to this podcast right now, mm -hmm. God, that you would just wash over them and, and fill them with your spirit, God, from the top of their head to the bottom of their toes. Fill every crevice of their life with your spirit and with your goodness and with your love, mm. Lord, so that they would overflow mm. with your spirit. Because, God, it, it's living in overflow. It's living in an overflow of your spirit that we see the miraculous take place. 
Thank you, Lord. God, where we can let your spirit spill into other people's lives. God, I pray for you to just begin to show up in miraculous and wonderful ways that people are, are, are desiring, that people are longing for. God, to, to move in healing, to move in miracles, to, to move in the prophetic in, in ways that, that we haven't seen here in the United States, in the Western world, in, in Germany, in, in the United Kingdom, in France, wherever. God, that you would just show up and move in power. Um, Lord, release all the gifts of your spirit into the lives of those listening. Um, and let them begin to walk in a naturally supernatural way. Lord, in a way in which they would um, experience the revival fire that, that you're pouring out in Cuba, Lord, that they would experience just a, a, a spark of that here and run with it. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, just revive your church in the United States. Yes. Lord, Lord. <laughs> really revive it. No more gimmicks, no more church growth schemes, no more mm-hmm. attractional church, none of that. True revival, Father. Yes, Lord. Lord, move in power in an uncontrolled move of your spirit that floods people to the churches, not because we have the best sermon or the best program, but because we have the best God. Yep. Because we have you. Father, we just desire you and long for you to show up and move in power. God, I just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was good. I'm encouraged. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Someone else has got to be, got to be. And I just believe that the Lord is moving and doing some things um, across to the stream. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like the Lord wants to break some addictions off of people as well. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that as we were praying. And so Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I just curse the spirit of addiction. And I break it and I bind it back to the pit of hell where it came from. I declare you have no hold over that son or daughter. I felt like alcohol for some reason. Um, and I just break that Lord. I thank you that you are better than any, than any substance and any drink than anything that we could use to numb, um, our, our days, uh, and go through the days and just numb things that we don't want to feel. Father, I thank you that you are the one that will set us free. You are the one that will set them free. So I break that spirit in Jesus name. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're moving over the stream that right now you're setting people free. You're setting the captives free, Lord, and that you're showing them that there is a better way by the blood of the cross in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, we just bless you. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. And um, I, I just hope that that this stirs some people up. And uh, yes. But we're excited to be back. Uh, off topic, yes. Mark, how does it feel to be done with seminary? Oh, dude, it feels satisfying. I, I have loved my time in seminary. Yeah. But I am thankful to be done. Amen. Yeah. That's good. 
that's good. Well, yeah, but well, we hope to do some more of these and, and, um, now that Mark's done with seminary and back from Cuba and, uh, and we're excited here, but see what God's going to do. Um, so make sure you find us. You can find all of our podcasts on everywhere you find podcasts. That'd be on Apple, on Spotify, on Google podcasts, uh, and follow our Facebook page, pursuing the kingdom. And we'll post uh, the episodes there. Um, but stay tuned. We love what God's doing. Amen. I don't have anything else, but God bless you all. Yes, man. Awesome. Thanks for listening. See you guys.